2019, a ragtag group of internet wrestling fans came together to record some silly shit. They survive now on cocktails as soldiers of hilarity. If you can find them and you can get their schedules together, you can listen to The A-Team. random conversation just before we start recording so I can lure you guys into a false sense of security and then start the show. I mean, we could do that if you want. And we have, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it is the beginning of another grapple update here on the Rogue Opinions podcast. Thank you again for joining us. I am Jimmy Baxter, pro wrestling commentator and, uh, I don't know, lazy son of a bitch. Uh, joined by two other lazy sons of bitches that I love very, very dearly. Scott McLeod from Scotland. How are you, buddy? Oh, happy Wednesday, Thursday. What day is it today? I have no concept of time anymore. Time is a flat circle, Scott. Also joining us is Nathan Greenaway. The A-team is in full effect. Nathan, how you feeling? Yeah, I feel, I feel good. I'm, I'm fucking pumped. Awesome. Awesome. And I hope you guys are pumped that we can talk about, I don't know, just all the stuff we didn't get to mention on the last one because it hadn't happened yet. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're just going to start catching up. We got the draft to talk about. We got NXT TakeOver 31. We are not going to really go into Clash of Champions because it happened, I don't know, 47 years ago. Um, I don't know, guys. Yeah, so let's let's get right into NXT TakeOver 31 from the brand new Capital Wrestling Center, formerly the Performance Center, uh, a.k.a. Prison Yard, a.k.a. what Raw Underground probably should have looked like. Um, and uh, it starts off hot and heavy. Uh, with uh, Damian Priest taking on Johnny Gargano for the NXT North American Championship. It goes about 18 and a half minutes, and uh, Damian Priest gets the win. Very Johnny Gargano-esque match. Uh, lots of kickouts, lots of things you don't think that people are going to be able to physically do, but they did it. Uh, Scott, I'm going to go to you first. What did you think of the NXT North American Championship contest? I should say I have similar thoughts about the look of the Capital Wrestling Center, about the comparisons to to Raw Underground. Like you and I were talking about this a lot during the show. We were messaging in the group chat, Jimmy, about this. And looking at this match, you know, I really thought Johnny Grant was going to win because this would have meant his third straight uh, loss in a North American title match on three straight takeovers to Keith Lee in your house, the ladder match, and now this. And also it means that Johnny Gargano has lost more times at TakeOver than anybody. And my brother and I were watching this and we were talking about how kind of worried we were that it feels like Johnny Gargano is going to start turning into the Dolph Ziggler of NXT if he's not already there. But, you know, fair enough for him like putting over Damian Priest who they clearly have like high hopes for. I, don't, I still don't get it, personally. Uh the Damian Priest thing. I just don't get it. He liked ladies and he will live forever. And there's fire and strobe lights. And he doesn't um, take his shoes off when he jumps into a hot tub for some reason. Or his pants. His tie- Apparently he ruined that gear. Uh, he said uh, in an interview shortly <laughs> after uh, the night he won the NXT North American Championship that he actually ruined that gear. So that's three, $400 or whatever gear costs nowadays right down the shitter. Um, 
Although that is the best Triple H like point photo in history. <laughs> it's the best one. It's very late 90s Triple H. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised he didn't get in there and was just sort of smoking a cigar or something, hanging out with Damien Priest and the ladies. Um, That's a nice suit. You don't want to ruin that suit. Well, I mean, listen, yeah. Pop, Papa Triple H is not gonna he's not gonna get into a hot tub without popping that shirt off first. No. <laughs> you know, he's he's up at two in the morning, lifting, taking his vitamins, saying his prayers and whatnot. Um, but uh, so yeah, Nathan, why don't why don't you uh, continue us here with uh, your thoughts on the match and what you thought of the Capitol Wrestling Center? Yeah, the Capitol Wrestling Center looks cool, as you said. It probably should have been kind of more Raw Underground. Looks like Raw Underground is kind of kind of run its course already it feels like so there, there we go but yeah i thought this match is good i don't think they played into damien priest's size over johnny gargano that much in the in the match they kind of went into a very kind of indie constant kick out style which if I'm, it was quite like surprising but i'm glad damien priest won because although johnny gargano has lost quite a lot lately priest is also other than the ladder match he kind of just lost all the time he would just appear every now and then and be like, my name's going to live forever, and he loses. And you're like, well, you are going to live forever, but not for a good reason. Uh, so I was surprised Damien Priest won, though. I really thought they were going to go for this Johnny Gargano, Candice LeRae thing. Uh, what, but good match. What, what is the interesting, as you now that you point out, Nathan, like, he had the feud with Keith Lee, now he's fighting uh, Damien Priest, and he had the run-in with Brunson Reader at the time of the ladder match. Like, what is the insistence on heel Johnny? always going up against faces that are bigger than him. Maybe he's got small, small man syndrome. <laughs> he's like a What's tiny, like tiny, tiny do? angry dog. You know what would be cool is if they just started playing off that old, uh, you remember when the Hollies per, uh, believed that they were uh, super heavyweights oh, and they'd come out with that scale. <laughs> and no, but like, imagine it like teeny, teeny, tiny, tiny little Candice LeRae and teeny, tiny, tiny little Johnny Gargano. And they're just like, grr, we can fight anybody because we're super heavyweights and blah, 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 blah. And then they just get squished into an even smaller, teeny or tiny size as if they're Super Mario and landed on a, uh, a Koopa. So you just want to turn them into a pure joke. Yeah, I mean, shit, they've done everything else. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm with it. Um, Why not? But yeah, uh, I really thought they should have like put the belts on both of them because otherwise we're deco with this whole Gargano way because they keep preaching about it and then it yeah. doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work at all. Like it's just it's kind of crappy, really. But I mean, it's better than the main roster just having a million and one false finishes. I'd rather someone won, and I think both these people kind of needed the win. Unless Damien Priest was going to be going up to the main roster, then. He kind of needs some wins at some point as well. Yeah, I think it's it's too early for Damian Priest to go up. Uh, like I said, I still don't get it. Even though his matches, including this one, are very very good. He had that match against Finn Balor at um, in your house, um, and that was very very good as well. Um, so I, I mean, you know, hopefully things continue to build for uh, the Archer of Infamy or whatever the fuck they're calling him this week. Uh, next up, uh, Kushida defeated. Um, that guy, by submission, in a singles match, uh, 13 minutes it went. Kushida was very, very uh, brutal, uh, hard-hitting in this match. Um, uh, unfortunately, uh, Patrick walked out with both of his arms still intact and showed up on Wednesday. <laughs> um, 
I don't know. The fact that he came out dressed as Doc Brown, who was a character who had, who had a slightly inappropriate uh, relationship with a teenage boy, uh, sort of struck me the weird way. Um, I, I just I don't need to see. I don't need. I, I, well, yeah, I mean, watch Back to the Future. He like hung out with a teenager, uh, which is also what Patrick likes to do, apparently. Um, allegedly, people, allegedly. I just don't need to see this fucking guy on my TV anymore, and I'm glad Kushida kicked his ass. Um, Nathan, I'm going to go to you first. Um, I'm, I was going to make an awful joke, but uh, Kushida, uh, Kushida's big win. Uh, go, go ahead. Yeah, I think it's, it's good that Kushida is finally doing something. Like We had that kind of false dawn where he had that awesome match with Walter not long ago, but then he got quite badly injured during the match. And it's been very stop-start for Kushida, so hopefully this is actually the beginning of him getting involved consistently and not having any more kind of breaks to his momentum. And I like the gimmick change of being more brutal because up until now, he was just kind of like, hey, you guys know Kushida, you know, from not here. Here's his friend uh, who's who's now in Impact, and um, which was just strange. But as far as uh, Mr. Dream is concerned, I, they're not going to do it because clearly nothing's going to happen with all this for whatever reason. But maybe it's time to just go away for a little bit and uh, kind of clear the clear the deck if he can, or if he and if he can't, then it's probably time to just go away. But at least Kushida won, and Jimmy's just ruined Back to the Future for everyone. I mean, I mean, three did that for everybody, but uh, I mean, I've only seen the first one, and I haven't really felt much urge to watch any of the others. Which one was the cowboy one? Three, part oh, three. the third one. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know where. Well, where 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 they're going, they don't need roads. Uh, Scott, <laughs> um, Scott, what'd you think of the uh, Kushida matchup here? Isn't that what they said when Cody left? Where we're going, we don't need roads. Uh, <laughs> oh, Remember Nathan, how you said uh, before we started recording that somebody was gonna make the best joke off air? Well, you're wrong. So go ahead, Scott. I think it was one of my leisure efforts, but uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this match. Yeah, I did, I did think, considering the allegations, maybe dressing up as Doc Brown wasn't the smartest idea for a dream. So I still think I'm, I'm not the only person who thought that way. Uh, you and me, Jimmy, were quite irritated when we saw people online talking about, was well, this the Kushida heel turn because he's the aggression he was showing and he was still attacking Dream after the match when officials trying to pull him off? Like, no, they're trying to show him as more as, as more than just the guy who likes Back to the Future. Like, if you look into Kushida just a little bit, he's got a legit MMA record, and it's a pretty decent record as well. And, like, the hoverboard lock is basically the, it's the same camera lock that Brock Lesnar uses, so he should be putting that over as a dangerous move, he should have a bit more intensity about him. And, like, how can you see anybody turning heel when they're beating up Velveteen Dream, considering everything that's going on right now? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I I remember sending that article into the group chat while we were watching Takeover, just bewildered. Like, are you fucking serious? the the guy The guy is just a little bit more intense, and it's a heel turn now. I mean, where 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 is the the line for? Oh, this is a heel turn. This is uh, this is a face turn. It's like, come on, come on now. 
Like, he just beat up a dude who has, like, I mean, he's he was dwindling before the allegations, but, like, now that he's on TV again, and, I mean, ugh, I, I don't know. I, I just, ugh. it's not a heel turn, people. He's just more intense. It's like what they did with Apollo Crews. Like, people wanted Apollo to show more fire and not smell all the time. He attacks the hurt business. Oh, why is Apollo being so unsportsman? Like, like you can't have it both ways. <laughs> Want your babyface to show more fire, and you don't want the smell all the time. Then you're like, "Why are they acting so heelish?" Like, yeah, this is why you just need some good storytelling and a good kind of promo or a video package from Kushida just to explain kind of his attitude. Because I feel like you could easily still make him a face by just having him being frustrated with how his NXT run has gone because he got injured straight after he got had that big match with Walter. Then he got then Alex Shelley turned up for five minutes and they lost a load of matches. And like, then he did nothing until randomly he gets to fight Velveteen Dream, right? And w- was this his first takeover? Yeah, I think yeah, it was. Yeah. And I, I'm pretty sure at one point he was mayor when that interim like cruiserweight title tournament, and then yeah. with Maverick they changed it. But then they didn't have Drake win, and then just had Escobar beating up for weeks on end, and now Kelly Dean is beating him up every week. Yeah, so that's funny. Long term, you should just put the cruiserweight belt on Kushida to begin with. Yeah, but then no, I, I like what Escobar's been doing. So with, with his cool friends, what's <laughs> his lads? Speaking of the the, uh, the lads, uh, Santos Escobar uh, defended his NXT Cruiserweight Championship against uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott. Uh, sorry, my computer is very far away from me at the moment. Um, uh, in a match that went about 15 and a quarter minutes, uh, Santos Escobar ends up getting the win. It was a good match, uh, but um, eh, I guess is the, the right way to go about it. Uh, Nathan, talk to us about your feelings on the uh, NXT Cruiserweight Championship match. I thought this was, I thought this was really good. Uh, I like this. They built up the story nicely uh, in the weeks kind of beforehand. And I think this is kind of Swerve and Escobar getting to go out, go out and actually show them, show, showcase themselves, easy for me to say, on kind of a big stage. Uh, I think they pulled it off. Escobar wore a sombrero. <laughs> I, how can you how can you possibly go wrong uh, with that? I think what Escobar's been doing with the Cruiserweight title has made it feel kind of relevant still, even though I don't think anyone watches 205 Live, unless you guys do. I didn't even know no. it was still happening. Well, there you go then. So someone's got to keep this cruiserweight championship kind of alive. And I think Escobar's done a great job with Wild and Mendoza, giving them something to do. Because beforehand, Wild was just a guy with a cool helmet, and Mendoza would kind of pop up once every six months. You, but this guy's still here. And then they got kidnapped, which I don't think they ever really explained. Nah, that's, com- that's complicated. No, no one needs to, no one needs to worry about that. And uh, yeah, I think. Swerve is excellent. I really like Isaiah Swerve Scott. Uh, hopefully, he's going to go on and do s- some other other things, maybe away from the cruiserweight title, because I think he's got a, a lot of an upside. I think Escobar does as well. So, but I thought this was a good match, Jimmy. Why are you so down on it? I, I'm not saying that the match was bad. I was very into the match, but uh, I was so convinced that because this is like the sixth time or some, I, I don't know. I'm overstating for comedic effect, but. Uh, yeah, I, I thought that uh, that this was probably going to be Swerve's moment um, to take the belt after he was like 
going to beat Escobar, and then Escobar hit him with uh, the loaded luchador mask on NXT a few weeks before this. Um, and then I thought this was going to be Swerve's time to actually beat him, but then instead Escobar just kind of beat him. Um, and, I think and the problem like, is there's just nobody else. That's a yeah, that's fair. That's fair. No, you can you can, That's kind of a bit of a lie because there is plenty of people, but none of them are re- none of them are relevant to go in straight away. And I think Escobar can at least carry it with his two mates. There's still like a story there. Was I think if Swerve won, they would then probably have to go back to Escobar because there is nobody else. Because Drake Maverick, his story has kind of died off and is now just him getting punched in the face by an angry guy. And no, it's just the cruiserweight division is just dead. He's trying to keep it alive. Well, Scott, what do you think um, about the match and the, I guess, overall state of the NXT cruiserweight division? I, I liked it, but it, it took a while. It took a little while to actually, for me to actually get into it. And eventually, in the second half, I felt like, okay, now I'm getting into it. I'm getting to I'm buying into like the false finishes. And like, I noticed like the turnbuckle pads, like the bit between the pad and the, the post getting taken off. And I knew eventually that would probably play into it later on. But I don't think everybody who watched it was paying that much attention like, to see it. So more than that, when Swerve takes the fall, and they even look that much of a fall, he's like, oh, I've, I've fallen. Like when Joey is getting killed off and he falls in the elevator shaft, he clearly doesn't want to do it. Like, oh, oh, oh I've, I've fallen. Like, and and then they do the, the finish. So it didn't look as good, I think, as they wanted it to. So there was that. And then also I think this match highlights the issue with still having 205 Live because they had a match a few weeks ago they don't really showcase the Cruiserweight title on NXT for a couple of weeks, but somehow they keep this feud going on 205, I assume, uh, because that's where else the Cruiserweights go. But, and then they end up by this match is having again at TakeOver, and then this guy, who used to be called 280 Miles, and now he's called something Adonis, gets involved, and that's maybe a big deal. But I'm like, who are you? And yes. like, it seems like, and it seems like for a while that the guys who appear on 205 Live aren't the same cruisers that get featured on NXT. So, like, you've got two different groups of, like, guys. Escobar rarely features on 205 Live. So, like, what's the point of even having it? If you want to keep the cruiserweight division going, then keep it just to NXT. It's called the NXT Cruiserweight title. Because, like, there's only so many weeks I can watch, like, Danny Burch and walk and fight Everrise. <laughs> that does seem to happen a lot. Has ever rise ever won a match? They never oh. rise. No. Ah, <laughs> they're like bread without yeast. Mm. Like, and also, the fact that this is the first time the Cruiserweight title's been featured on a takeover when I think it was made the NXT Cruiserweight title like just around a year ago this time. Uh, like, because you had the Angel Garza Leo Rush feud, he could have featured on the takeover that time, but instead they put Garza versus Swerve on the pre-show, and then just never felt the need to put it on takeover after that. Like, I think mostly part of it's to do with the fact that uh, the fact that Jordan Devlin was the champion, and then COVID, and then he had to be the title taken off of him, and then he got suspended, and then also the fact that they chose to put the finals of the cruiserweight tournament the week before, just the week after in your house because they wanted like, a proper rating. Yeah. Doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? 
Yeah, like a lot of people thought that going to NXT would be the the thing to save the cruiser division, but I think it's actually done more harm to it. Especially given that they took it right off the guard almost as soon as they gave it to him because they wanted to feature him on Raw. And then once he done on Raw. He's been arguing with Andrade for like four months. He made his pecs dance in a gif. Ooh, <laughs> there you go. And he and he flirted with Charlie Cruz, our proud legacy to leave behind. Oh, didn't he flirt with that woman from a TV show that wasn't raw? <laughs> Who's that blonde yeah. lady? Oh, the chick from The Bachelor or something? Or The Bachelorette? Something like that. Which is weird, because Garza's not even a bachelor. He literally proposed to his girlfriend on an episode of NXT. I think it was literally the one after the episode he won the title on. Yeah, it was something like that. And then we came back and it was like, during the break, and Angel Garza just completely broke character. It's like, oh... <laughs> She's going to be super, like, imagine proposing to your fiancé after you got a random lady to kiss you during your entrance. It <laughs> uh, seems weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, next up uh, is the NXT Women's Championship match between Io Shirai and Candice LeRae. Match goes about eh, 17 minutes, give or take. Uh, and Io Shirai gets the win. Um, I mean, it was a great, uh, I thought it was a pretty great match. Um, and it was the right decision. Um, I think uh, Candice and Johnny, probably this is sort of their role. They have uh, like heated feuds with people and then ultimately lose um, while they're building up these new characters that they have. And right now, Io Shirai is like the hottest thing in NXT. So I wouldn't, I personally, I wouldn't take the belt off of her uh, until you have somebody who's tr- really, truly worthy Um uh, so Scott, what do you what did you think of the uh, NXT Women's Championship matchup? Well, it was better than the the match that you had with Dakota Kai. That wasn't really a fan of, but like they mentioned on commentary, the uh, the match these two had in Toronto. And as soon as I was thinking about that, it was I couldn't get that match out of my head. And I think compared to that match, this match wasn't as good. And also, during this time, I was very hungry because I was about <laughs> a bit behind on takeover because I was I had pizza in the oven. And then there was something wrong with my brother's oven settings because we put it in for the, a lot of time and it came out barely cooked at all. Then we had to put it back in and work out how the hell to fix it. So I was a bit distracted, but otherwise it was a decent match. And I know what you're saying about not not taking the belt off the of EO. Like, I think if at least one of Johnny or Candice walked out with a belt, it would have made a bit of a difference because like, I'd, I kind of feel weird watching a takeover or any pay-per-view when just none of the titles change hands, especially when nearly all of the titles are on the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I I couldn't agree more. That I mean, they've had better matches, but I thought uh, based on the show, like the tone of the show and everything, I thought that this sort of worked out. Um, Nathan, do you agree? Yeah, I agree. I think their previous the match at Takeover uh, they had was it last year now? Yeah, it was like SummerSlam weekend. Yeah, I think that was better from memory, and I feel like this one took a little bit to get going. I did expect because Johnny lost it, Candice was going to win because I agree with you, Scott. I just felt like one of them had to win something at some point. Otherwise, this Gargano way is just being a loser. <laughs> and that's kind of what it is at this point. But, I mean, this still had, it had some good moments in it. And I think the Avalanche Spanish fly was cool. Uh, I wish they would stop calling it a Tiger faint kick when she does a 619 and just call it a 619. 
No, that seems weird. Uh, but I think the surprises after the match were pretty cool, though, and sets uh, up the women's division nicely going forward. But Sorry. I was just going to say something about your pizza. Okay. I don't have to do that now. No, go ahead. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, fuck you. <laughs> it was from Asda if you're interested. But What's on it? What was on it? Uh, it was just a meat feast one. Oh, yeah, no vegetables. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, I think was this on this recording, but when we did SmackDown, I made an issue about certain shops that sell a meat feast pizza, but then they put like an on- onions or veg- mushrooms on it. Like, that's not meat. That is false advertising. <laughs> don't think Jimmy cares about your pizza, Scott. No, uh, no, no, I really, I, I couldn't care any less about <laughs> the pizza, to be honest with you. Well, I was going to say before we move on, that I did enjoy, obviously, the, the Johnny getting involved with the referee shirt. Um, I thought you were going to say, quickly, I thought you were going to say, well, I did enjoy the pizza, quickly. I just wanted to say. Well, I did, yeah. But, but you, you made it clear that you didn't care, so I didn't want to mention that, but... <laughs> But when when Johnny got involved with the shot, I could like I could see this like change in hands now because like we had that whole weird thing with Bailey counting the pin for Sasha and somehow that that went but then it didn't that somehow legal and then yeah I think the, the surprise afterwards kind of overshadowed the match itself and also I think even though I went for Candice to win I think all any hope of her winning was kind of kind of done when uh, Tegan got injured again. Because I think if she if Candice was going to win the plan, was probably for Tegan to take it off her. Yeah, but I think well, I don't know because they they straight away they Tony Storm and uh, Ember Moon return. So I, I don't you mean, know. Uh, yeah, Turner from Mad Max Three Thunderdome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just wanted to take the hell off and go. Then play the best. <laughs> <laughs> that been better incredible. than all the rest <laughs> so that kind of livens up the women's division because you obviously have those two coming in and, and EO is so above really anyone that's there at the minute other than Rhea Ripley but Rhea Ripley is just kind of drifting doing yeah. weird things and uh, so I think adding Tony Storm and Ember Moon, that would be cool. You guys excited? Uh, I'm excited for Tony Storm. Uh, Ember Moon never really did anything for me. I think she's all right. Her finisher is cool, uh, but I don't know what the fucking Ember Moon is because they've never taken the time to explain it. She just sort of yells and hits a cool finisher. Um, I, I, I thought that her time in NXT was sort of marred by mediocrity. Uh, yeah. I am not an Ember Moon fan. Uh, I hope that Tony Storm and her awesome uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers theme music comes in <laughs> and just takes the title and uh, all of that. So I'm a huge Tony Tony Storm fan. I'm excited to see her back, even though her return could have definitely just happened on Wednesday um, because Ember Moon coming back with the whole production and the video and her coming out um, looking like. I don't know, like a a a, th- a fourth rate discount gang member from the Warriors. Um, I thought Jeez. that sort of weighed down. Yeah, like I said, I'm not a fan. Um, <laughs> I'm just not. I just I don't I don't get it. 
And other than her cool finisher, which is going to injure somebody one day because somebody will not know how to take it the right way. I think that uh, there are way better women in NXT right now that should have a spotlight on them rather than Ember Moon, who got injured 14 years ago or whatever it was. I don't even remember when she got injured and then just comes back to NXT. So let's go, Tony. It's Tony time, baby. Let's go. I think with Ember Moon, they've. They've just got to lean into this because last time she was in NXT and she was about, I think I complained on a podcast uh, that she's a werewolf lady up until the bell. <laughs> uh, so I want to reiterate my plan, which is just go full werewolf. Let's either lean into the gimmick or not have the gimmick. I want her to turn into a wolf. Nathan, you never go full werewolf. <laughs> she, you know she that's needs not to. true. Jimmy, Jimmy would fucking love that. That that's how Ember. If you're listening, that's how you change Jimmy's mind. If you turned into a werewolf and just ravaged someone, yeah, like why? If Ember was listening s- to this. She would have turned it off midway through. Uh, bloody Jimmy's tired about him. Uh, she wouldn't have made it. She would be like, "What's this pizza talk? I don't care about pizza." <laughs> yeah, she obviously is not a fan. Uh, none of these uh, wrestlers even look at carbs without gaining a pound. So I'm sure that that conversation would definitely turn people off. Um, but with Ember Moon, like, why didn't they just have her? Yes, Scott. <laughs> uh, <laughs> why, instead of her on a motorcycle, did it just not be like through her werewolf eyes she can see at night and she's running down the street towards uh, the Capitol Wrestling Center and mm-hmm. then she just bursts in the door and you just hear or whatever and she comes out full werewolf. I'm talking head to toe, tail included. Um, and then just comes out and tears people to shreds. Like, I would be 100% into that. Instead, now, she's just, I don't know, a woman who shouts and screams and does a cool finisher and rides a motorcycle. What is this? Mm. American American badass? Yeah. <laughs> but what you, what you then do, you have her win the title, but the title's got silver in it, so <gasps> she can't ever touch it. Oh, no! So then she has to surrender it. Oh, that would and that's when the character's gone too far by that point anyway, so you just turn Drake Maverick into like a werewolf hunter and have him kill her. <laughs> no, he has to heal her because we can't do murders on NXT. We've got, we want to get these ratings, brother. Fuck it. Let's, let's cross the murder line. Yeah, alright, fuck it. Why not? Yeah, I'll get those, those right. demographics up. I was going to um, say, I, as far as Toy Storm goes, I I think I've met on Tony Elwin. I was there in Blackpool when she won the, the NXT UK Women's title. But I think by that point, after like winning the Million Classic and that, it was already seemed like she's already too big for this. She's already too big for NXT UK. But they just wanted to keep her there because they needed a top person in the women's division. And then literally as soon as she lost it, she's like, right, I'm away. Up to, to NXT US where she got, where she weirdly got booed out of the building when she tried to challenge Rhea Ripley. So I'm hopeful for her, like this time around. But uh, I remember when she did appear on the screen. I agree, it could have just happened on Wednesday. But like the idea of a former champion come returning at NXT takeover, and then she comes out like, ah, oh, well, I guess that kind of fits the criteria. And then when they see the motorcycle thing, like, okay, this is more like it. And then Ember Moon comes out, and yeah, I've never been the biggest fan of her other than her finisher. And also, if you notice, she does this watch any Ember Moon promo or any segment. Like when she's talking, after like every couple of words, she does a weird head movement, and like it never, the head movement never fits what she's saying. 
it just it just seems like a weird type that she does. Not like Dealer Brown, she just randomly just moves her head as she's talking and it's like it just looks so unnatural and it's probably why I've never got invested in any Ember Moon promo. That's the wolf. But, but to be fair, I think given that our last NXT was basically like she's not good enough to beat Asuka. She's only got the belt because Asuka's gone. And then she just flicked her way by Shayna Basil in Philadelphia. And then she got beaten in New Orleans and now she's on the main roster. So I think she needs a a, a better run this time around in NXT. Although I, I would argue, Nathan, if you were going to bring her back as a, this werewolf character, would you not be better saving her not appearing at TakeOver but appearing in a couple of weeks' time when they do Halloween Havoc? Whenever there's a full moon, brother. <laughs> It's the only time she can wrestle. Yeah, it's the only time she, she can wrestle. Once or twice a month. Um, <laughs> it just has to accidentally be a Wednesday. <laughs> no, she'd have to, like, demand that a film crew comes and films whatever segment she's supposed to do, like, all in one night. Because otherwise she has to, like, return to, I don't know, wherever werewolves hang out. Like a hobble. <laughs> Maybe a den. You don't a den. live in dens? I get, but where, but werewolves... I think might be a little bit different. Maybe like... Yeah, because there are like, people most of the time. She's probably got an apartment. Yeah, but like... It, I, I don't know. I, I See, I think we're getting bogged down too much on the yeah. logistics here. I mean, it is I just, Florida. She's got to blend in. That's fair. That is yeah. fair. <laughs> the, the, the alligators are high on meth in, in fucking Florida. So, anything's possible. Speaking of anything being possible, Finn Balor, Kyle O'Reilly... NXT championship match that went 28 and a half minutes. I swear to God, I could have watched these guys wrestle for two hours. Holy shit. This was like, I mean, far and away match of the night. Um, they, they just went out there and battered each other. Um, Finn Balor walked away with a, a broken jaw in two places. Uh, luckily he came through uh, the surgery and he won't need uh, uh, the, the steel plate in his mouth uh, moving forward. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly, uh, there was a scary little situation somewhere in the middle where Finn Balor hit him with a, I think it's a soul butt, the back kick to the to the gut, uh, and uh, Kyle O'Reilly had to like wave him off for a second. I guess he got maybe fractured a rib or uh, just had the wind knocked out of him and wasn't able to perform that portion of the match that they had there, but they still went almost half an hour. Absolutely incredible match. Uh, this was the this was the contest that uh, tied me and Scott once more in our ever extending battle to see who was going to win a quiz like a month and a half ago. Um, Time forever. Time forever. <laughs> we truly are the generic Osteen of the uh, uh, Rogue Opinions uh, set of podcasts here. Um, but yeah, this match was, I mean, just fucking fantastic. Both of these guys just fucking killed it. Um, Nathan, uh, please tell me you share in my absolute love of this match. Of course I do. Uh, this was really, really brutal. Like, this was just two guys going out and just saying, lay it in. Like, they're just beating the shit out of each other. Say, Harlow Riley was bleeding. Finn was just dead. Uh, there were some great kickouts as well. Like uh, Finn was always going for that 1916, like several times, but Kyle O'Reilly kind of just had the answer to everything and some uh this was just main event uh, a lot of people i didn't watch uh ring of honor uh kind of back in the day but a lot of people was were saying this felt very ring of honor 
like back when these guys were pro well i don't know if finn was ever there actually but back when kind of brian danielson kind of steen and everyone was there uh which if it was i'll have to go back and check out some old school ring of honor but like what a main event and they knocked out of the park this is kyle o'reilly's coming out party as a singles competitor in nxt and hopefully this means we're gonna get a lot more of it i don't know i thought he was gonna win and we were gonna get that evolution moment when orton won the title uh in 2004 and adam coles is gonna kick him out but Finn won, and I don't know what do you guys think this means for Undisputed Era? Uh, probably nothing, uh, because the whole Ridge Holland situation where they uh Adam Cole got attacked after the match and now Ridge Holland is injured, unfortunately. So, yeah, let's say is it Ridge Holland doing like blow his leg up? I yeah, I think catching only working from a dive. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't see it, uh, to be honest. I didn't see it, but I heard about it like blow by blow, and it sounds horrendous. Uh, so unfortunately, Rich Holland is out, so that means I guess they sort of have to scramble to figure out what to do with the Undisputed Era. Rumors were circulating uh, around the week of um, NXT TakeOver 31 that moving forward that uh, Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong were going to continue to be heels, while Cole and O'Reilly were going to continue to be babyfaces. And that maybe that the Undisputed Era was going to sort of, you know, blow up and explode and then, you know, sever ties and whatnot. Um, So, uh, I mean, I'm interested to see what happens with them. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly, I mean, I just want to keep seeing more single stuff from him. Uh, Scott, what did you think of the main event? Uh, I really enjoyed it. This was the match I think everybody going into it was looking forward to most. And uh, it showed why uh, Finn... Thankfully, any time in NXT, he's managed to show a different like style of wrestling from like how he was in the main roster, where it's just like gets worked over a lot, running drop kicks, sling blade, dive to the outside, coup de gras, like big moves. Whereas with matches like Gargano, Thatcher, and then here, uh, Finn shows it showed like to people who follow them mainly for his WWE career that he can go from like a technical standpoint with some of the better like technical wrestlers, and then also the fact that he also introduced Char during the match and then. Like, he's had to have it wired to the point where he can't speak at the moment. Uh, it just shows how tough he is. And then also, like, it was good for K.O. to get this opportunity. I can't believe, as people were saying, going into it, this is only his fifth singles match in NXT. Like, he's mainly been doing tag team matches. And he showed why everybody online loves him. And uh, as much as I love him, I, I never for a second actually thought he was actually going to win the title, especially after they kind of scrambled to put the belt on Finn after... Cross got injured because like NXT seems really cursed at the minute with the injury bug, and then the bit with Ridge Holland, I had to admit, like I guessed for a second seeing Cole taken out, but it wasn't. But that reaction was not for the fact that it was Ridge Holland. Because as soon as the shock wore off, I was like, "What? what oh, Red, wait, Ridge Holland? Like the guys had three big matches, and and one of them he nearly dropped Johnny Gargano on his head, and like you know, honestly, I'm kind of glad that they didn't start this feud with Ridge Holland and. Uh, I'm not I'm not happy that the guy got injured because that sucks for him but like can you imagine the promos like Cole and the Undisputed Era who are so charismatic like kind of promo about how they're going to get Rich Holland and then buddy big Yorkshire boy like hey off Adam Cole come near me I'm going to twat you <laughs> <laughs> don't try me son <laughs> just playing to Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds 
uh, <laughs> behind him while he's like obviously just a Peaky Blinders sort of like uh, cast member and just back there just like they they would do the same thing because of the way NXT is not because you know certain people like people wouldn't understand him but they would probably throw subtitles on his promos and it would just get lost in uh, probably he probably would have you know maybe closely injured Adam Cole or something I don't know so I'm I share your your feeling on that where thank God because pushing him into a feud with the undisputed era I think was definitely too soon you definitely need Rich Rich Holland to like do something else for a little while so he gets his name across more and again I'm not happy that the guy got injured nobody should ever get injured and it's never a good thing but um hopefully when he comes back they'll be able to start him fresh and then maybe we can get that when he's ready hopefully because like he did nothing in the UK other than squash matches and then was brought in for a qualifier for the ladder match and like I still haven't got an answer to that question what the fuck is a Ridge Holland honestly just a big strong boy Clearly. Former rough player, you know, just also, out there having a good old time. Going back to Finn Balor, did you see the video he put up on Twitter? He said, my wife said she's going as me for Halloween. And it's just a video, and his wife's just dressed in a hospital gown, smiling like Finn used to on the main roster all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. That is fantastic. Well, that, that was uh, NXT TakeOver 31. Um, overall, I think it was a pretty good show. Uh, you guys, you guys think the same thing? Yeah, it's all right. I think it was strong for what it was, given that two weeks of the build kind of got hampered by the fact they had to quickly crown a new champion. Uh, I think it was good for what it was. Like the main event is obviously the best match on it, uh, the best match of the night. But I think, given like, give it like two or three takeovers from now, we'll probably like, oh, that was the one where Kyle O'Reilly fought Finn and, uh, Johnny and Candice lost again. Like I don't think we'll hold it in our memories for much longer after this. Because like they could even be asked to come up with a better title for it than thirty one. Yeah, yeah, that was that was kind of unfortunate. But uh, I, I like the the way that the the building looks and the show. Much like a Robert Kraft uh, massage session had a very very strong ending. Um, and uh, yeah, that that was NXT Takeover thirty one. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back here on the Grapple Update, and it is time to talk about the draft. The 2020 WWE draft started on Friday Night SmackDown, uh, the I guess the most previous uh, Friday. Uh, a lot of things happened. I don't know. Uh, the, the real question in front of us here, is this the worst draft of all time? Uh, as we know, the draft started back in, what, 2002? Um, and since then, it has been a crazy roller coaster ride of bad to worse to pretty good to not good at all. Um, and uh, so we're going to just start off real quick with uh, the first person who changed brands that I can see here on my written down, definitely not on Wikipedia list. Uh, Seth Rollins, the Monday Night Messiah, has now become the, I don't know, Friday night. I think, he, I think he's calling himself a SmackDown savior, I heard from someone. Ooh, don't tell JT Dunn. He's going to be mad. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so Seth Rollins by himself uh, was drafted to SmackDown. Um, he's been a, a, a – he said it himself. He's been a Raw performer for, like, the entirety of his career. So it's going to be interesting to see him on a different night of the week. 
yeah, comes over to my precious SmackDown. Big win for for SmackDown. Yeah, yeah I was fine with saying this. I don't mean to get too ahead of ourselves. Picked twice. I was fine with him coming over to SmackDown. We're like, oh, good, he's getting away from Dominic and Ray. And then <laughs> a couple of rounds later, I'm like, no, why must you insist on this continuing? Yeah, why did they just move the whole? The whole feud is now just moved to Friday. They just they, they took they took off all the parts of the feud from Monday Night Raw, moved it to Friday, and now it's it's going to just continue as if nothing. It, they they should have had um, the narrator from Arrested Development, uh, like after Seth is just like I and I'm glad to be moving away and getting out from uh, the the trouble that the Mysterio family has caused me. Well, what he didn't know was that that was not the case at all. It would have been better if he just didn't. He, he left after his draft pick and he just turned up on, on Friday and Dominic and Ray were just in catering. <laughs> He's like, the hell are you guys doing here? Or however Seth talks. <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can respond the way I see what I see people I didn't want to run into. Oh, God, you're still alive. <laughs> <laughs> I stole that from Black Book. Going to but. SmackDown, all right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, then uh, AJ Styles also moved back to Raw because he doesn't like Paul Heyman. Um, apparently, Naomi is going to Raw to continue to do nothing. Bianca Belair is going over to SmackDown so she can stay with her husband. Um, as we said, uh, Ray and Dominic, they're going over. Uh, Miz and Morrison go over to Raw. Then the big. Uh, I'm sad to see them go. I know you guys won't care, but I like Miz and Morrison on SmackDown. Well, yeah, the music videos are class. Yeah. yeah. Hey, 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 ho, ho, what are you going to do? Hey, hey, ho, ho. Man, what are you going to do? Uh, <laughs> But um, something that the the biggest story I think for me of the entire draft is the New Day have been split up. Uh, Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods go to Raw. Biggie Langston staying over on SmackDown. Um, this is heartbreaking, uh, mostly because I thought they were going to keep the Street Profits over on Raw and they were just going to combine the tag titles because they split up like forty percent of their tag teams anyway. Uh, anyway. What do you guys feel about the uh, the the new day breaking up? Uh, too late, too soon, shouldn't have ever happened, Nathan. Uh, I think it's it's interesting because they didn't really break up in any kind of serious way, so they can easily just go back to being a team. But I think people people want to see Biggie go out and do a proper singles run, and I think it's it's kind of hard to do when you don't really want to turn him against his mates. And you want them to still be kind of together. Well, here Biggie is going it properly alone, uh, which he deserves to do. He deserves to have a proper singles run. And I think Woods and Kofi can still be the only tag team WWE have over on Raw with Kofi occasionally doing some cool single stuff because I don't think they... S- I-, I know Woods is very good, but I don't think they see much value in him as a singles guy. Uh, so I don't think it's a. It's only going to be a bad thing if they botch it with Big E and, he, and kind of pushing him to the moon a little bit. But I think there's a lot of money in a Roman Reigns Big E match down the line. 
And I don't think you need Woods and Kofi hanging around for that. No, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I think seeing the Big E, um, the, the Big E singles run is is definitely what people want more. I mean, Kofi had his, uh, I mean, let's call it what it is, a legacy run. Um, like a just someone who got the title because he was there for 11 years and there was suddenly a groundswell for him to be champion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, I think that the better, I honestly think that the better tag team is uh, Kofi and Xavier. I think that the two of them together... Um, uh, works a little bit better than having the big man small man combination, uh, and I think Biggie is definitely a universal or world title contender, and definitely should be up against Roman or whenever Roman loses it to The Rock or or whatever they're going to fucking do. <laughs> uh, I think the other thing is now that uh, Kofi and Woods are kind of there, you can give Biggie his own identity. But if they were still running around, he's going to probably like, running around with him. He was still going to probably have to have the New Day music. He was still going to have to do the New Day kind of attire and everything like that. But because they're kind of separate, you can have them doing the New Day stuff on Raw, which still works and is still very over. And on SmackDown, you can give Big E something new. You can give him a brand new look. So it's not just the same old New Day stuff, hopefully. Because if well, they have the New Day music across both brands, that's just weird. From everything I've seen, um, that's actually the case, is that Xavier and Kofi and Big E, they're all still in the New Day. They all still use the, the music, the attire. Everything. Ah, yeah, that's okay. apparently from everything I've seen. I don't know. Scott, have you seen anything to the contrary? Uh, not really, no. But like, look at the New Day. I'm not saying they, they can ever do a breakup thing, but I don't think people really wanted to see them break up. I think if you were going to finally do a breakup angle, then you could have done a lot better than this. Because, like, yeah, Big E finally ended with Sheamus in a really well done, like, street fight. And, like, it was very violent. And then you had the moment where he reunites with all three of them together for the first time since Woods got injured on, like, WWE TV. Like, you thought, like, well, they're together now. And, like, they've got a podcast on WWE's podcast feed. And Woods is the. Like the co host is talking to Matt, so like they're not going to break up now, they're going to see on SmackDown. And then, but he says, I want Shinsuke got screwed over with their SmackDown tag title run because they just held on to it for a while until the New Day came back. Because, like, I guarantee you that if Clash of Champions didn't have that stupid rule of, oh, all the titles must be defended, then Bloody Cesaro and Nakamura probably wouldn't have even gotten on that pay per view either because, like, they clearly didn't care about them as SmackDown tag champs. So then, Woods and Woods and Kofi defeat them, and then as soon as they when the title Stephanie says, "Oh, by the way, you guys are going to Raw," and then on SmackDown they say, "Like, okay, you sold the blue ones, now we'll hold the red ones." When Street Profits got drafted, and then they did a an interview on WWE's YouTube channel, like, "Well, Street Profits, you've you're one of the only teams to win the NXT, Raw, and SmackDown tag team titles." Like, no, you didn't win the SmackDown tag titles. You got given the SmackDown tag titles because they're a different color. On the show you're going to, like, you may it's like saying, "Oh, Triple H, how do you feel about winning the World Heavyweight Championship?" Like, he didn't. He got given it. That is a solid point. Yeah, that is a great point to make. Is you, that you, they you just traded? You can't tell. This really pissed me off because, like, like when they came back, it's like, "Oh, good, now Biggie's gonna go on the solid things run. They're gonna support him." Like he and Woods supported Kofi in his run. Like, nah. Like Biggie needs to be on his own now. So off you spot to Raw. <laughs> Yeah, that's where you need like heels. That's where you needed the Miz. 
and I'm always crying out for the Miz, but him and Morrison should have been one of the tag team champions so that we could have just had a great segment where the Miz demands the other titles because they've swapped show and then makes a big deal about how they've just won another championship. Like, he could have sold the shit out of that. Could have made it feel funny, done something hilarious with it, but then had a little bit of seriousness behind it. John Morrison could have stood there with his shirt open. And then on Raw, uh, when Winston Kofi got the Raw belt, they then defended them against Rude and Ziggler. And then after Rude and Ziggler lost, he got told, oh, by the way, you guys are going to SmackDown. Such a fucking, fucking dove Ziggler. It's just everywhere. Remember they made a big deal when they entered to Drew that, oh, me and Bobby Roode are officially now part of Raw. <sighs> and another thing about this this draft, there was no rhyme or reason, clearly, for any of these trades. Like, say we all about like, the different war rooms last year with Fox and USA. At least that made, at least that made <laughs> that it... That was funny. At least it made it feel like these different networks wanted various people. They wanted their show to be better than the other. Whereas now we've got no authority figures, we've just got Stephanie, we have bit of paper saying, okay, Drew's going to Raw, or AJ's going to Raw, or uh, Kevin Owens to SmackDown. Like, yeah. and, who, and who's making these decisions exactly? Who's, who decides this? And you should just bring back that random generator they had. like, mm-hmm. And then you could have done that storyline. I remember when Triple H got drafted to SmackDown. And then there was, it was like a huge deal, and they ended up doing a massive last-minute trade to get him back and things like that. And, uh, like, why can't, why can't we have just had that random name generator? Like, then there would have at least been a reason why Big E and The New Day got split up instead of it just being like, we only want two of you. <laughs> like, 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 in the 2002 draft, like, Flair traded the entire, like, NWO, but then only drafted one Dudley, so the other Dudley could go to SmackDown. I think that's what it's like we hear, like, on, you can draft the entire area of retribution or the entire area of the art business, but you can only do two out of three of the uh, two out of three of the new day. Don't even get me fucking started on how stupid it was that retribution was in the draft. Yeah. Who, oh, chooses, money. who chooses for a group to come in that is like, oh, we're gonna destroy the entire company and blah 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 blah, and then we got contracts and stuff. Who's in the war room? Going like, oh, fucking, god damn it, I want this, I want this group, I want them to come over and fuck my show up. Like, well, yeah. what the fuck is wrong with you? We should have had uh, the head writer of Raw. Who's the head writer of Raw now? Is it Shame It Man? Brucey P. Okay, Brucey P should have sat there and recreated the entire Vince McMahon bringing in the NWO promo, word for word. <laughs> and then it's just retribution. <laughs> Would he be dressed in his full like, brother love suit? Or... Yeah, he has to be in full brother love outfit. <laughs> but just doing, inject the poison. <laughs> I love retribution. And, he kisses, and he signs off. He looks at the, the camera and goes, doot, doot, doot. <laughs> With that fucking, remember, remember when something to wrestle was on the network for that one season and he just kept putting the fucking faces up in front of him whenever he'd do one of his fucking impressions. That's what yeah. he does. He just switches it back and forth. Just <laughs> different fucking faces in front of his face. Yeah. But I think um, that, that is all this draft lacked. Like, it wasn't a bad draft and some cool shit did happen. Like, we're going to get to The Fiend and Alexa Bliss at some point during this podcast. And, um, but the whole time you just say, well, just give me a reason why this is even happening. Because all we knew, the whole reason the draft is happening is just because they told us it had to. Right? It didn't. But there was no real need for it. 
and there was no other than Stephanie McMahon appearing for a little bit. Like this didn't seem there was no stakes to anything. Nothing felt, and the fact that they didn't need to split up any rivalries, like as you say, Dominic and Ray just followed Seth. It's like, well, it's not really a fresh start either. It's just gonna be the same shit, but everyone's appearing on a different night. But the biggest shock of the draft was that Stephanie actually appeared to make these announcements and didn't just do a Zoom call from her house to announce like oh, each pick. Can you imagine if she was just wearing like uh like the top like a suit and she got up at one point and she was just wearing like pajama trousers? <laughs> <laughs> like her, just... like her kids just wandering the room midway through a pick like and Raw announces but but mum's doing something right now. Oh, oh their giant dogs just appear. <laughs> have you seen the size of their dogs? Yeah, they have like uh, bull mastiffs or something, right? Yeah, they're, they're huge. Big fucking dogs, yeah. That would have been hilarious. Or she just loses connection at one point, and we just never know. And, then, and next, getting drafted to... Ru- that would have been great. If she was about to make the announcement, and then Ali had, like, hacked it, and it was like, oh, uh, retribution. Like, it would have at least then been like, oh, shit. Because they, be sh- they must be shitting themselves. The draft comes around, and they're like, well, no one's going to fucking draft us. We keep breaking shit. <laughs> I mean, barely, barely. They fucking they blew up that transmitter thing. Uh, you mean the stack of guitar amps that was left out in the parking lot for some reason? Yeah, but there um, was someone's guitar amps. They were probably furious. And then they threw they threw a center block through a window. <gasps> they they maybe tipped a car. Like they they feel like the fucking riot squad. Ooh. Like they really do. Remember when they were just throwing bags of chips around and they were like, we're fucking crazy. And it's just like, no, you're fucking annoying. And the janitorial staff is going to have to clean up after you, which isn't their job. God, I feel like my teachers in school. Um, <laughs> what are they? What are they retributing people from? I don't fucking know. Nothing. Nothing that they've done so far has made sense. Mercedes Martinez is apparently out of it. And she's going back to NXT for reasons. Um, fucking. Slapjack and uh, and T Bar and fucking all these other dudes are just great on Twitter, but they're awful yeah, on television. T Bar is pretty great. <laughs> I, I, the, the fact that they excluded um, X Pac and Christian from further attacks because they like because X Pac was he has a great name and Christian happens to like the aesthetic. T Bar is like you're you're free you're free from any attacks. Like the bants on T Bar, top he notch. Is, he is great. Obviously, he's leaning into this whole Bane thing. I remember I shared this in a, a group chat I'm in, and like nobody, instead of finding it funny, which like I did, was one of his Bane quotes. Somebody was like, "But people were shitting on it, and, like, oh, why is he trying to ruin the Dark Knight Rises?" And I'm like, Christopher Nolan already ruined the Dark Knight yeah. Rises. Okay, let's not get into that debate right now. And that led to a whole superhero debate that went on for hours. That was a terrible movie. It was just too long. It really and, was. And really, crap. I got, I got, I was I was seeing one of the odd one out when I said the best one out of the three Nolan movies is the first one. Yeah, I don't like the Dark Knight either. It's not that I don't like the Dark Knight. I just I joke like, well, Scarecrow is a better villain than Bane. And I also put my my reasons also. This one features the most Liam Neeson. <laughs> That's fair. That is fair. Uh, who knew? Who knew that the League of Assassins motto was just we're gonna walk around looking for any black bastard to beat up. Um, remember that's what he did. That's what he did. He he because he said that whole racist thing on the the news. All right, people. All right, fucking don't at me. Uh, the talking smack had some supplementary picks. 
Murphy moved over to SmackDown for, I don't know, fucking reasons. Uh, Drew Gulak is over on Raw to keep doing lunges in the back in the back on a different show. I don't fucking know. Kalisto is still going to ruin the week on SmackDown, Nathan. What? Yeah. I didn't even know that. Uh, yeah, these are the talking smack picks, yeah, that happened. Kalisto is on SmackDown now. Yeah, Kalisto is yep. on SmackDown. Kalisto was already on SmackDown. Lindsay, Metalika, now on Raw. Not that anyone cares. What I care about is Big Mitch. I mean, uh, Lars Sullivan is uh, back <laughs> for a week. Big Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Oh god! What show's he on? He's on SmackDown. Ah, also, fuck. also, by the way, like, now I joked with you, Nathan, on on uh, SmackDown when uh, they fired McFoley on Raw, but they showed all these tributes to him on SmackDown, and then they let Jr. Jr. interview him about how he felt about getting fired. Like, yeah. it's somewhere, and that made no sense. And it's somewhere how I felt about what's been happening here. Like, circuit draft to SmackDown. They get to appear on Raw to say farewell. And then Jeff Hardy gets drafted to Raw. But they say, oh, by the way, he's going to be on Friday, SmackDown this Friday to face Lars Sullivan, who's on SmackDown. Just like, oh, no. Poor Jeff. Week. Hasn't Jeff been through enough like in his life right, without having to wrestle with that piece of shit? Like, give it a week. I'll forget who any of these picks, who's on what brand. Like, I remember seeing that AJ got drafted to Raw on on Friday. I thought, oh, that's interesting. Then I watched Raw, the clips from Raw on the Tuesday. Like, why is AJ on Raw? Oh, I, I already. <laughs> oh my god, have you guys seen the talk? Is it Raw Talk, whatever the Raw one is, with R Truth and AJ Styles? Mm-mm. No. Oh my god, it's so funny. It's just R Truth saying, um, he pretended he thinks AJ Styles literally means he built SmackDown. So he like says to him, "I was going to ask you, do you, can you build me a condo?" <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a great moment where he says, "So, oh, because I thought you, uh, I, I just assumed you actually did build it." And then AJ just looks deadpan at the camera, like, "What the fuck is with this guy?" <laughs> it's amazing. You guys have to watch it. And because our truth is being brought up, I do have to remind everybody: if you're not watching the Our Truth Game Show on the network, uh, do it. Because it will satisfy your entire week. Like, it is the best thing that WWE Network has ever put out. Hands down. Don't at me. So what else uh, happened in this draft? Is there anything we... Might... Did, Rick, did Ricochet not go to SmackDown? Yeah, Ricochet's still on Raw. Who uh, cares? I care. Ricochet's still on Raw. Um, fucking Tucker, they split up Heavy Machinery. Uh, Tucker is now going to Raw, where I know for a fucking fact, I know Tucker's not going to do fucking anything. It's not going to matter. No. Tucker. 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 Uh, the Fiend, Bray Wyatt, uh, goes over to Raw because they need the ratings, frankly. Yes. This is this is the best thing WWE has done for ages. Bray, and, Bray take, and Bliss. Take the Fiend off SmackDown? No, the Bray Wyatt and Alexa Bliss stuff. Like oh, I want yeah. the Fiend back on, on SmackDown. Like I've got, I've got no one. I've got no Miz. I've got no Fiend. I think I've got Daniel Bryan when he can be bothered to come to work. I think he just had a, just had a child, and it's yeah, a well, well, he didn't. I'm pretty sure like there were plans at one point to have the Fiend versus Roman for the title. I think there's a bit, there's, they've been scrapping. Like they only showed Wobbly Wallers one time. Yeah. 
And that's something we should talk about, Paul, for the first time ever, an I quit match inside Hell in a Cell between Roman and Jay Uso. Oh, God. I mean, uh, no, that and the fact we thought Randy Drew in a Hell in a Cell and Bailey Sasha Hell in a Cell, like, like, just have a regular I quit match. Like, why does it need... Are we, I talked a bit on another podcast about the fact that WWE should just go full lock, TNA lockdown this year and just, like, every match is a Hell in a Cell. I mean, it's October, so it doesn't matter if the... Like, granted, I mean, I guess Drew and Randy and... um. Bailey and Sasha, like, they kind of, like, deserve to be in Hell in a Cell, like, if you're going to do it, like, if you're going to look at it that way, but, um, I, I, it's October, and just fuck it, just fucking drop the cage down, leave it the fuck up the whole show, fuck it. I just don't, yeah, leave it up the whole show, but also, don't, like, because every time they do this, you know that the first Hell in a Cell is, is going to probably have more weapons in because they're not going to be allowed to do any cell stuff. The one in the middle will be 10 minutes long and then the one at the end will just break everything. Like, so leave it down the entire show, but let people do whatever the hell they want. So it's just, the cell is just, by the end, the cell is just broken. Like, that it's was, just that falling cool. it down and everything like that. Like, rather than... Because like, they've got to do something to make it just interesting. Because it does just follow that same formula. Of first one, probably have a load of kendo sticks in it. Middle one will have nothing of note. And then the third one will probably just tear that entire building down. So the last one's the only one you want to watch. If they're going to have the whole, like the cell down the whole thing, just, the one good thing you could do with it is just, like... Like while the commentators are talking, just have archers run out and run on top of the the roof of the cell to get away from people chasing them for the title. Or here's what you do, because there's going to be no fans. You actually do. You don't have the show inside the Thunderdome. You have the Thunderdome inside the cell. So the entire arena was just giant cell, just filled with monitors with fans on it. So you want to do the pay per view from a prison, basically. Yes, yeah, I actually do. Yeah, that's a much better idea. <laughs> that's like, just, like what you're going for. Yeah, well, Hell in a Cell, both competitors to start off in a prison cell, and they've got to get out and then fight each other. WWE presents Prison Break. Yeah, um, <laughs> except better than Prison Break. Um, the first season's pretty great. Uh, Street Profits moved to SmackDown. They do the little switcherino with the, uh, with the title belts for reasons Strowman is now back on raw um matt riddle bro is over on raw so hopefully he can stop feuding with king corbin yeah he's still on smackdown uh kevin owens is on smackdown uh so he gets to be closer to Sami Zayn. the uh the twitter um the twitter back and forth between them over the last couple of days has been just so wholesome so beautiful um, I don't know if you guys have seen any of that at all. Yeah, I did see bits of it, but I really don't want to see them have another match. It's too soon still. No, yeah, I don't want to see them have another match. I don't think they should at the moment. Um, yeah, I, I, I just I like that they're near to each other. You know, because like that way you can team them back up. You can turn Kevin Owens heel, have them team up again, and 
Yeah. Uh, Jeff Hardy moved over to Raw. Cool, I guess. Uh, Alexa Bliss is over on Raw. Elias is back. On Yay. Raw. Fuck off. I love Elias. Lacey Evans has moved to Raw. Um, God damn it. I lost everyone. You did. You literally <laughs> I lost, lost Lacey. I lost the Miz. I lost Jomo. I lost uh, the Fiend. Jeff Hardy. You gained Natalia. And you gained Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. <laughs> and Apollo Crews. Like you spent even more time with them. God. God. Yes, uh, Dolph Ziggler. Sheamus and Nikki Cross both went to Raw from SmackDown. Uh, Apollo Crews is on SmackDown. Congratulations, Nathan. Yeah, cheers, man. Uh, Daba Kato, uh, he was a free agent, is now on Raw. Who? Uh, Dabakato, big tall dude from uh, Raw Underground. Albertinde, main for Greatest Royal Rumble. Oh, okay. Great. Um, Which I don't know why they ever changed the name. Babatinde is a great name. That is a great name. Maybe they just don't own it. Or like when they have all special when they have all special when Buddy Eddie Kingston calls him Baba Booey or whatever. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Uh, Alistair Black is uh, going to find his way over to SmackDown with one working eye. Um, Has he still got an eye patch? I think he comes out with it and then he takes it off now. What? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. And he wears uh, trousers now. Huh. Yeah, okay. it's, it's all, it's all fucked up. Um, How did he put his on? His death perception's all fucked up. <laughs> Every time I see him, he look, he's, he's looking more and more like Solid Snake. See, that would be a way better gimmick for him, I think. Um, See, that's what Whenever he loses a match, they pipe in his Thunderdome. Snake. 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 It's going to be the, bah, bah. that weird match where uh, he loses, but then he takes off his mask and he's actually a young blonde guy. <laughs> <laughs> or he's getting beaten up and he, he runs behind the barricade to heal for a second and then comes back out. <laughs> he creeps to the ring under a cobble box. <laughs> And then he takes the cardboard box off and all of his opponents in the ring just get an exclamation point above their heads. <laughs> this is part of my massive Hell in a Cell thing. Oh, dude. Start writing it now. Um, uh, the tag team of Akira and Tazawa move over to Raw. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, hey, if Inside the Ropes is going to start poaching our guys, I'm going to start taking their jokes. They moved um, to Raw. When were they on SmackDown? Uh, Akira and Tazawa were always on Raw, but I wanted to make that joke. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, the point as, is, like, stop announcing people who are already on a show that are staying <laughs> on that show. Like, uh, as stated earlier, uh, Natalia is over on SmackDown. Congratulations, Nathan. Thanks, man. Oh, also, you get the Riot Squad. Hey. Huh, cool. Yay. Yay. Uh, I mean, you still get Shayna and Naya technically because they can go to any brand. Yeah, they're not going to turn up on SmackDown. <laughs> They might. You know, that would really tip the scales. And I don't mean to go in hard on her, but if I get a fucking episode of SmackDown where Natalia, Dolph Ziggler, Robert Rudnick tops off with Nia fucking Jax, I'm just going to quit watching. (laughs) You probably best quit while you're ahead now, then. Yeah, like the only way that could be worse if pissing X Puck is there for some reason. God damn it. I'm mad now. You're dealing with the X factor. <laughs> <laughs> um, Arturo Rujas from NXT is now over on Raw. 
Who the fuck are these people? He was on Raw Underground, and he had like a pretty, pretty decent uh, fight on Raw Underground, and I guess that got him the uh, the nod. Uh, the free agents uh, that have moved uh, from wherever they were to wherever they're going. Uh, Mercedes Martinez is back on NXT. Uh, her name was Retaliation. I okay. Lucha House, Lucha House Party is on Raw. Grand Metalik and Lince Dorado. Uh, Billy Kay has moved to SmackDown. Um, Selena Vega is on SmackDown. Oh, cool. And then we have these are the people who are left undrafted: uh, Andrade, Becky Lynch, Big Show for reasons, uh, Bo Dallas. <laughs> Oh he's, god, Bo Dallas! I started laughing too early. What's apparently, he doing? Apparently, he's on SmackDown. What? Yeah. Uh, oh. The Forgotten Sons. I know who. Um, Jimmy Uso, who's still injured. Jinder Mahal, still injured. Kane is apparently Kane. on SmackDown. Kane. Hey. I hope I get Kane. Uh, Maurice was apparently on SmackDown uh, in between pregnancies. Um, <laughs> she just started a makeup company. Good for her. Um, <laughs> Mickey James is uh, still on Raw. Mojo Raleigh also, yeah, as of yet, undrafted. He doesn't stay undrafted. He doesn't get undrafted. He stays undrafted. Um, now that I finally got that joke out. Um, and that was uh, a brief rundown of the draft. Overall, you say I guess, Dallas is on SmackDown. It's what it says on, on, on Wikipedia, yes. I sw- if he appears on SmackDown and wins a match... I I would just do the drunkest <laughs> podcast possible. He last appeared on the November fifteenth, twenty nineteen edition of SmackDown. I probably watched that episode, and I don't have any idea what it did. Was that the one where they just uh, were him and his partner? <laughs> Who's Mister Perfect's kid? Curtis Axel. Curtis Axel. Yeah, yeah. And they got sacked. Yeah, the one that. Like, why is he? <sighs> He he's never going to appear, and if he does, then I'll I'll just do tequila shots an entire show. The, it, after three weeks in a row getting put to the table, Lana won a battle royal to earn a shot at Asuka for the title next week. Yeah, at least it was Lana. unpredictable. Fuck off! She's just going to get picked like, in the head and lose immediately. Like you would everybody, so. everybody online is like, oh, they're just punishing her because Miro was in AEW. Yes, but can you do that without putting her in a raw t- title match just so she can get squashed by Asuka? Can you do something else with her, like draft her to a main event? What was she gonna like? Unless she became, unless she was a manager, like what was she gonna do of note? Like, like she, she's not very good. That's well, putting it nicely. Okay, what was that too nice? Was I sitting on the fence too much? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes, she she's shit at wrestling, <laughs> but she's a great manager. Uh, it's usually because a manager speaks for their client because usually the person they're representing can't cut promos very well. Lana seems to have a English is our first language. She seems to have a bad grasp of that. <laughs> I am talking. I am on TikTok. Like, why don't you talk properly? You're an actress by trade. I mean, you can't, I mean, I mean, is she just because you appear on camera in a film doesn't necessarily make you an actress or an actor? 
uh, because what she does is not acting. From what I've seen, it is awful. I mean, we saw her acting skills at the Royal Rumble when she slowly limped out for what felt like an eternity just so Becky Lynch could take her body place. Yeah, look how people say, oh, she's she's been punished because Mira's gone to AEW like they weren't already doing, getting her to do endless shitty things. <laughs> she did. Before. She did get put through a table like what, like three weeks in a row, like after Miro appeared on TV and like did the whole brass ring speech. And then like the subsequent three weeks, it was like, uh, she doesn't get a segment unless she's going through a table. And then didn't she get put through the announce table like after she won the Battle Royal or something? I don't know. I didn't watch Raw. I don't know. I didn't watch that, it. That's lines we're going to now. Somehow, someway, every week gets put through a table. She's just Baba Ray Dudley's wet dream. That's why That's why he wasn't able to speak during the Jericho 30th anniversary shout-outs because he was still just like staring off into the distance watching a blonde woman get put through a table. Good times. <laughs> I love how on Wikipedia... Uh, for the Forgotten Sons, uh, like the note about why they weren't drafted, it says the group was taken off television in June 2020 after Riker tweeted his support for Donald Trump during the Black Lives Matter movement and the George Floyd protests. Like, wow, dude. Just say their crap. Like, I feel bad for buddy. Um, yeah. Blake, Blake and, and, well, and Cutler. Yeah, it took it by a while to figure out what the bloody names were. He's like, allegedly, those two were meant to beat the New Day for the titles. And then that fucker screwed up for them. Yeah, they're like, actually we're... good. Like when they had NXT match, when they were in NXT having matches, those two are pretty good. They're a pretty solid team. But the Mike mean, is are... useless. Because, like, as far as we know, these two weren't racist, or if they were, they at least kept it to themselves. Unlike Jackson Riker, which I think we can agree is the the proper way to be racist. If you're going to be racist, just keep it to yourself. Keep it to yourself. It's like uh, it's like Carl Urban said in The Boys. Don't be a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you could just say. I've still watched last week's episode. <laughs> oh, I, are you guys both caught up on The Boys? No, I've got last week's episode, and this week's I'm going to watch later on. Ah, we won't say anything. Either. All right, yeah, okay. All right, we'll, but don't we'll... be a cunt. Yeah, don't be a cunt. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure the last one I watched was the one with all the heads exploding. That was the one before the uh, finale. That's a good one. Yeah, that, that, that one's really good. That one's are we done with the draft? Yeah, we are done with the draft, yeah. We, are you guys ready to, to sell your beef? Uh, yeah, let's, I'm let's, fucking let's way let's down. Let's squash dude. that beef. Uh, let's squash that beef because we have important thing, things to do going forward, and we need to be friends, but we're not allowed to talk about it because our microphones aren't good enough. Why can't we be friends? We could talk about it, but our microphones wouldn't pick them up. (laughs) You wouldn't understand because they're not fancy enough. Yeah. (laughs) Guys, can you you hear me? Can you hear me? Am I loud enough? I'm sorry. No, Scott, you sound a million miles away. (laughs) Hello. Okay, let's let's stop being cunts. Let's stop being cunts. Uh, Remember what I told you. Don't be a cunt. So, is it true that I did? I never read the comic book. Uh, Billy Butcher is supposed to be from the UK, right? I uh, didn't read it either. Apparently, the comic book, like the original one, is super problematic. I, well, yeah. I, I actually saw a copy of the, uh, the, the one of the graphic novels when I was out the other day, and Huey's maybe like bald in the comic <laughs> from the pictures I saw. Like, I looked at the cover, I thought, is that what 
Billy's men look like. I just saw this guy look like a skinhead. Well, look like like the over. I think one of the one of the characters referred to him as Huey. Like that's what he's meant to look like. Because like you look at the guy who plays him in the TV show, and he looks nothing like that. Guys, I think it's time that we figure out once and for all who the winner is in our never-ending stalemate to determine who is the overall... What, what was it that they said on Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Uh, an incredible detective slash genius? Yes. That's what we are competing for, as always. And uh, me and Scott have been so evenly matched. Uh, we're not going to talk about the Wendy's parking lot incident. T-Bar, you know what you did. Um <laughs> Yes, and we'll be smashing his nuts with a hammer. And then I escaped. Um, and uh, then, yeah, then, so now we're here, and Nathan has come up with a game for us uh, to determine who is, once and for all, the best of the best, so we can all get on the same page here well, as a team. Well, let's, let's do this, guys. We, we tried Clash of Champions. That went wrong. So we ended up at TakeOver, and that also went wrong. But it did give us something. It gave us a theme. So, guys, welcome to... Know your takeover. Wow. Wow. Guys, it's, 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 it's going to be the same enthusiasm as the pumped in noise you put into Thunderdome. Wow. Guys, we're just going to keep going until there's a winner. Well, we're, we're not there really going to do that. Be winner. There are five questions each, and if it's still a stalemate, there is just a tiebreaker. This is definitely the Brett and Sean 60-minute Iron Man match of the Rogue Opinions universe, by the way. We're going yeah. in the triple-double overtime. Super boring. <laughs> but there is a tiebreaker. <laughs> so Fireworks don't start until the last five minutes. Yeah. So let, let's go in. Jimmy, are you ready? I am. Would you like a take or an over? Uh, I'm going <laughs> to go with uh, the over. You're going to go with the over. So, Taken, 2008 film starring Liam Neeson. Who directed it? Oh, fuck. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know off the top of my head. You don't know. Scott, opportunity to steal. It would be a great opportunity if I had any fucking clue. <laughs> <laughs> well, bad start, guys. It was Pierre Morel. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong, France. I also don't care. Scott, would you like a take or an over? Uh, what did Jimmy go with? An over. You went with an over. So I'll go with take then. You go with a take. Okay. Can you give me the name of the arena that Takeover Dallas 2016 took place in? Oh. Oh, I know there's. No, it wasn't the American Airlines Center. The American Airlines Center. Ten that seconds. was raw. Because they said they wanted to use that, but it was sold out. Uh, the, the something convention center. It's always a convention center. Jimmy, opportunity to steal. Uh, it had like a long name, but I, I remember the name Hutchison. Hutchison uh, Convention Center? Oh, you're so, so close. It is the K. Bailey Hutchinson Convention Center. So you were messing, you were missing that K. Bailey. So I can't give you the point. I can't give you the point. Jimmy, would you like a take or an over? 
Well, I work in the wrestling industry, Nathan, so I'm going to go over. You're going to go over. Well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be my commentary partner. <laughs> Jimmy, can you give me the year that the very famous Sanofi, Aventis, and Genzyme Corp hostile takeover took place? Were those all words? They were all words. Those were two separate companies. Sanofi, Aventis, and Genzyme Corp. 2015? Scott, opportunity still. Oh, you went, so I think it was 2016. Oh, it was 2010. I'm sorry, guys. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Where did you get these questions? Scott, would you like a take or an over? It's like he just Googled the the words take, over, and then take over. And then just took questions. No, he didn't. That's a lie. (laughs) I'd like like an over, please. You'd like an over? Wow. Scott, can you give me the name of Luke Grimes' character from Taken 2? Who? Who the fuck is Luke Grimes? That was my question. No, I, don't mean, I don't mean I'm taking two. I mean, just in general, I know that name, but I cannot place who the fuck Luke Grimes is. Can you give me his character name? How the fuck can I give his character name if I don't know who he is? I don't know. Uh, Four, three, two. Mark, my fuck off. <laughs> Jimmy, opportunity to steal. Uh, Jamie. It was Jamie. Well done, Jimmy. I fucking guessed. I, I just picked a name. <laughs> it must have been in your subconscious because that is his character name. No surname. Just Jamie. Oh, really? It's just Jamie? It's just Jamie. <laughs> Jimmy, would you like a take or an over? Uh, much like this game, I'm going to be on the take. Ooh, look at him go. Look at him go. Jimmy, can you give me the date that NXT TakeOver Philadelphia 2018 took place? January 18th, 2018. Scott, opportunity still. Oh, fuck. Oh, okay. January. I'm going to say because the Rumble weekend is usually around my mum's birthday, and her birthday is the 26th of January, so I'm going to say the 27th. Scott leveling it up. Oh, oh shit! Literally, once or twice over the last few years, my mother's birthday is usually fallen on the exact day of the rumble. Scott, would you like a take or an over? Yeah, I think I'll go for a take, please. You're gonna go for a take, so we're going back to the NXT takeovers. Scott, can you give me the full commentary lineup? For the first ever NXT takeover. Oh, let's see. I don't. I think it was too early for Corey Graves. I'll say Rich Brennan. Remember, he was a thing. Uh, no, <laughs> Rich Brennan, William Regal. No, 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 William Regal. Rich Brennan, uh, Renee Young, and. Albert. And who? Albert. 
Oh, if he said Halbert. Albert. They used to call him Jason Albert Maplin, whatever he's called. Okay. So just run those back for us one more time. I said uh, Rich Brennan, Renee Young, and uh, Jason Albert Maplin, whatever you want to call him. Okay. All three are wrong. Jimmy, I'll give you the skill. Oh, you made three run those back so you could say they were wrong, you. It's <laughs> such a you thing you do, Nathan. It's such a you thing. Jimmy, opportunity to steal. Uh, I need all three for the point. All three. Um, okay. Um, I don't know. Fucking Byron Saxton, Michael Cole, and fucking. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I just was guessing. You got one right. It was Byron Saxton, William Regal, and Tom Phillips. Tom Phillips. God damn it. I didn't. I think it was. Ah. For a while in NXT, they were really going through commentators for a while, like different combinations. So I figured Rich Brennan, he was up there for a while. He was a, a no-name person. I did go back and watch an old takeover recently, and I heard a voice that I was like, who the fuck is this? And they showed Rich Brennan. I was like, who the fuck are you? Jimmy, would you like a take or an over? Uh, let's go back to the over. Okay. So we've done one. We've done two. We're now on to three. It is taken three. But Jimmy, who wrote it? Uh, I, I have no idea. No idea. Scott, opportunity still. Who wrote it? Who wrote? Someone clearly with too much time on their hands. I've seen the trailer. Jesus. <laughs> uh, you know what? I don't know. I'm not even going to throw a name out there because I don't know. Oh, well, obviously, it was Luke Besson and Robert Mark Kamen. Obviously. This is it, Scott. The last question. Otherwise, we're going to have to go to the tiebreaker. So this is your chance to win. Would you like a take or an over? No pressure, Nathan. You know what? I think from from what I've seen so far, I've done, you're better off going for a take than an over, so I'm going to go take. Okay. The final question. Can you put all 10 of the named take takeovers in order? These are the takeovers that came before they started naming them after the cities. Okay, so put them all in order. Yeah, put them in order. Or you're not going to give them just up until they start naming them after cities? Yes, uh, yeah. Also, just the first 10 takeovers, sorry, is how I've worded the question. Put them in order. Are we counting arrival? We are not. That is not a takeover. Okay, because some people do, so that's why. Okay, so I know that it was NXT TakeOver, NXT TakeOver Fatal 4-Way, NXT TakeOver uh, Our Evolution, NXT TakeOver Rival, uh, NXT TakeOver Unstoppable, and then they, then they started naming it after. So you said you wanted 10? Yeah, the first 10. Then there was Brooklyn, Respect, Respect, 
London, Dallas, the end. I mean, as in take over there, not as in the end, as in I'm done talking. <laughs> Jimmy, you've lost. Scott wins. Oh, no. Who would have thought a wrestling question? <laughs> there was Shock. plenty of them. You yes. just kept getting them wrong. Huh? There was plenty of wrestling questions. You just got them all wrong. Uh, I fucking mad. Again, they went through commentators like a fucking rotating wheel at the start, wearing a bit of time with the first takeover. Uh, well, sorry, that's not on me. Of course Would you like not. to do the takeover? Would you like, sorry, not the takeover, the tiebreaker anyway? Yeah, right. I promise if Jimmy gets it right that it won't mean you guys draw. Okay, what's the tiebreaker? Okay. It's just a whoever gets closest, and it is what is the longest match in WWE history? How long was it? Not that isn't a Royal Rumble. That's not Royal longest match in WWE history. I don't need who's in it. I just need you to give me a time. I'll just tell you what the length of it was. The length of the match, yeah. Tell you next time. Uh, one hour. I can't think any matches went that long, other than a rumble. One hour. Two minutes, twenty-five seconds. Jimmy, any advances on that? Uh, one hour, seven minutes, and 12 seconds. Jimmy would have been closer. Apparently, according to Bleacher Report, so I apologize if this is wrong, it is Bruno Sammartino versus Waldo Von Erich, which apparently went to 81 minutes and then ended in a draw because of a curfew in the building. That's well, according to Bleacher help. Report, so I'm sorry if that's wrong, because <laughs> it sounds really weird. <laughs> Jeez, you, that would not fly today. Like people, people were back then were too accepting of like long ass uh. matches that had no finish. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think that's a storyline. I mean, that, that could realistically happen these days if a building has a curfew because of everything that's going on. Then they might just shut the lights off on the match. But yeah. There you go. Scott, how do you feel? You won? Uh, I am mostly proud to win. Obviously, it wasn't easy. Some of those questions, Nathan, you can uh, go fuck yourself. Uh, and Jimmy, you are a very worthy opponent, probably the most worthy opponent I've went up against here at Rogue Pines. So thank you very much for such a, a grueling contest or series of contests. Well, thank you. Thank you, Scott. Uh, it, it was a pleasure uh, going the distance uh, and really just really showing what real competition looks like here on Rogue Opinions. And uh, Nathan, thank you for uh, not only the quiz, which was uh, um, uh, immensely fun, uh, Thanks, but, this, uh, but this really, really uh, aggravating and annoying uh, game that we played here just now. That's okay. <laughs> uh, I thought it needed to be tough for you guys and to really push you to the limit since this is, this is the final beat of your rivalry. Uh, before, before we, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what happens next. I mean, we probably well, end this podcast. I mean, the two, the two of you got some sort of score to settle. I know that you guys haven't been getting along lately, so ah, fucking, work. I don't care. All right. All right. Yeah. Begrudging partners, strange bedfellows and whatnot. Uh, so that's going to do it for us here, ladies and gentlemen, here on this grapple update. 
Um, we're going to go uh, to the champion, Le Champion, little bit of the Scotty. Scott, <laughs> Scott, why don't you tell the people what you got going on and where you'll be and how you're doing it? Well, i got too much going on right now. That's why I don't know what day it is anymore. Uh, you can find me at Scott McLeod, 1996. Uh, give all my other podcasts, Scott and Paul's Rambling Podcast, uh, at SP Rambling. Got a lot of stuff. It'll probably be either something to do with Fraser Impact nowadays if you tune into any of our episodes. Uh, you can find me at ESSR, uh, at Suplex Retreat. We're doing a lot of stuff with our special on the YouTube channel, so tune in uh, 7pm British time uh, on Sunday. The 18th of October for myself versus my friend David Campbell who joined us for the Armageddon review on the Bridge with Smackdown. It'll be me and him in the first ever 30 minute YouTube movie trivia Iron Man match and Quiz Showdown 4, Quiz Showdown Goes Hollywood. Again, that's this Sunday, 7pm British time on YouTube. Honestly, there's, gonna be, there's video packages and everything. I, I've seen the video package, I need to stick it afterwards. <laughs> and as far as here, obviously, Rogue Retro Smackdown, we finally did it. Me and Nathan did the, the final episode of 1999. And now I'm lining up a new guest to finally start. Again, as I've said multiple times, probably the greatest year in WAF history, the year 2000. And I cannot wait. And breathe. <laughs> and uh, for uh, now, the quiz master himself, uh, the master of all games. Uh, Nathan Greenaway, what you got going on, buddy? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Nathan Greenaway. You can find me all over Rogue Opinions, the Naked Men podcast. Uh, still continues to do its thing. Uh, but you can also find me over at Project Dits now. If you follow them, I will be covering all their football or soccer, if you're American, uh, over there as well. I think my first episode should be out probably the same day this goes out. Uh, I'm sorry if that's a lie, but but yeah. Otherwise, just rogue underscore opinion. Go, head over to the Nerdo Network for all our content over there as well. And Jimmy, what what you've probably been watching some grappling. <laughs> uh, I've been watching some grappling. Uh, some grappling that I watched in person uh, on Sunday. Uh, Pro Wrestling Magic is back, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. We stepped back inside the walls of the Pro Wrestling Magic Kingdom to uh, give the people what they wanted. This is magic. We were on the Go Professional Wrestling Twitch page. The replay is still up there for now. I believe it will be moving on to our YouTube page afterward. Do not quote me on that. Uh, but for now, it is up on the Go Pro Wrestling, Go Professional Wrestling uh Twitch channel. It is called This Is Magic. Uh, the show starts at about 12 minutes in. It goes for about an hour and 55 minutes. Uh, it's absolutely fucking insane, this show. It's got uh, Ace Romero versus Darius Carter. Uh, we have a all-champions showcase with Smiley, Sebastian Cage, the Meadowland Monster, Steve Gipke. Uh, we got the, uh, the American Murder Society taking on the Brick City Boys, Killian Murphy versus TJ Crawford. Uh, Personally, Magic is back, baby, and uh, I couldn't be more happy to be back. That is over on twitch.tv slash goprofessionalwrestling. Uh, uh, for all of the other stuff that's going on per Wrestling Magic-wise, go to at Wrestling Magic on Twitter. After the events of This Is Magic, there are plenty, plenty of things to talk about, uh, including one of our champions uh, being stripped of his title, 
uh, following the events of uh, This is Magic. Don't want to spoil too much for you. Also, me and Mark, uh, in hiding after the events of This is Magic, we are on our Facebook page with a little bit of a live update about what was going on there. I'm over on Twitter at Mr. Riot. That's M-R-R-I-0-T because Counter-Strike was a thing when I was a kid. And of course, Rogue underscore Opinion, the Nerdo Network, N-E-R-D-O Network.com to go find all of our stuff. And uh, I mean... It's just a wonderful, wonderful time to be a part of professional wrestling, guys, and I hope that you'll join us over there. And thank you for joining us here today on the Grapple Update the uh, at Rogue Opinions. And um, because my voice is starting to go, fuck off, everybody. Deuces. We're awesome. <laughs> Simply